Age-old story, boy meets girl, boy's arm rots off. You know, I'm Justin. Lorena Bobbitt, I'm Sam. Damn it, Sam, you took my joke. If you really love someone, you chop off a penis for them. I'm Jackie, and this is Lisa Frankenstein on Sneaker Madness. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Sneaker Madness. This is what we call a bad movie field trip, where the three of us go to the theater, see a currently in-theater movie, uh, and then we talk about it, so that you can also go to the theater if you think that our critiquing is worthwhile, or don't go to the theater if you think our critiquing is not worthwhile, or go to the theater if you think our critiquing is not worthwhile and you disagree with us. Or yeah. don't go to the theater. You just say, yeah. fuck you guys. I'm going to go see the Bob Marley thing like everybody else. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did you see that shit made $50 million in one what? weekend? No way. Yes. No way. Oh. That is insane. I don't like it's, Bob Marley, so. Yeah, you don't like well, anything. I like the guy profiting off of him less. Yeah, but holy cow. Like. I'm not going to go on a Bob Marley thing. Like, yeah, everybody does it in college. Uh, but I think it's just kind of silly. Didn't. But, yeah, okay, you're so contrary. Um, it's I'm just, cool. You listen to it as an adult, and you're just kind of like, this is silly music. I have no problem with Bob Marley as a person and, like, what he did. And fucking Redemption Song is a great jam. I don't give a fuck, period. Uh, no Woman No Cries, pretty good. But the rest of it's kind of kooky. You know, like, oh, <laughs> but... $50 million to see a biopic about Bob Marley? Like, if Marvin Gaye had a biopic, I bet you'd make 20 and Marvin Gaye is, like, one of the greatest musicians of all time. $20 is yeah. what the Marvin Gaye would make. What the fuck? Who's going to that? I tell everybody, I guess. Damn. That's bonkers. Because I wanted to see... Because I wanted to get to the actual brass tacks on this one, and it hasn't been out long enough so I had to go to the numbers to see, uh -huh. mm -hmm. and that's what came up was I had to sift through Bob Marley mania to even find anything on this. Yeah, and I like the lead actor. I think he's really solid. I can't tell you his name. Uh, but to me, the trailer looked bad. Like, this is a dumb biopic. Like, this is not put together well. But what the fuck do I know? The masses All have of spoken. Those I mean, they're all shit. Biopics generally, yeah. They're just shit. Like the I, the Johnny Cash one was as good as you could do, and it was mediocre as fuck. Um, I wanted to stab good. my eyes out during Ray. Yeah, Malcolm X is pretty Like good. Ray was Malcolm the Malcolm the Malcolm chief main offender of biopics. Like they focused on crap that was so unimportant and missed all of the really important shit that he did. I'm like, God damn biopics suck. Yeah, they do they're very crowd pleasing. I like the uh Elvis one. It's, I watch that. Yeah, it's Baz Lerman. You're either gonna like it or you're gonna hate it. But, but I'm gonna Baz. not like it. It's Baz. So you know what you're getting when you go into it. But yeah, that guy's that guy's great. Uh what about uh bio event? picks like i'm thinking selma like selma isn't an mlk biopic but it's i mean he's a pretty big part again of it. It, the reading the history is generally more interesting and better yeah but and no, ain't nobody got time for the, that 
I know. And the thing is, is that like the greatest producer mentality goes into those where a producer, well, people will want to see this. People don't like care about that. Movie viewers don't. And it's just crapifies everything. Okay. I, I got, I got it for you, Sam. If you think Bio-dome. reading about the history is better than the movie, Bio-dome go ahead and read the section. Shore. Go ahead and read the section of Ben-Hur in the Bible. Go ahead and you tell me which is better. <laughs> Ben-Hur. I learned so much more <laughs> from reading the Bible. How about Spartacus? You got history books, buddy? Or you want to watch Spartacus? That's not a biopic. I'm Spartacus. Kind I don't know. of. <laughs> I guess maybe. I don't know. All Was you learn Jesus in Ben-Hur Christ? is that Charlton Heston's badass. Yeah. It's Geo. Jesus Christ Superstar, is that a biopic? Yes, nope. very very historically accurate. 100%. Much singing and dancing in uh, in the crucifix. Yeah. Love it. Also, cool. sexy Jesus. Isn't Jesus Christ Superstar supposed to be the lead, supposed to be sexy? Like I haven't seen it in the forever. Hair, it's whatever. The shirtless, the loincloth, you know. I don't know. Uh, anyways, this one, Lisa Frankenstein is not a biopic. Uh, it stars Ooh. the guy from Riverdale. Okay, and Who plays um. Goo? I mean, this is it. this is nobody's Let's start in this movie. with the and thing. That, I, that's one of its greatest strengths. It's at the theaters. Would you venture to guess its budget? Uh, twenty. Thirteen. Thirteen. Wow. Okay. All right. That's lean. That's good. How did it get in the theater with that? How little... did it get in the theater at all is my number one question. Uh, before I went and saw it, uh, this seems like a perfect fit on paper for any various streaming device or st- service. It, I just think it turned out so good. They're like, we'll put this in theaters. And then every dickhead read one review and then copied that review. And this thing's getting nothing but shade. And then they all went to go see Bob Marley. Bob Marley fucking kills it. <laughs> maybe maybe we should have gone to see Bob Marley so we actually have a bad movie to talk about. Oh. I, I'm just making judgments. The trailer looks like crap. Value so, uh, judgments, I got shot yeah. and then you're in the car and you're looking at your children and saying, don't worry about a ting. Come on, man. That's stupid. That's stupid. I like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess I'll just get into it then. You already um, did. So, Robin Williams did, in fact, name his daughter Zelda after the Legend of Zelda video game. Bitchin'. Good for him. Bitchin'. Probably my favorite thing uh, he's ever done. They love it so much that they did, together when he was still alive, they did uh, two commercials for Nintendo. One for Ocarina of Time and the other one, I can't remember what it was, but she's a proponent of promoting the Zelda video games, which they don't need any help. The things are so fucking good that yeah. they sell themselves. Pretty much. Um, so Robin Williams' daughter's in this? She directed it. Oh, okay. Yeah, Zelda Williams. She did some music videos. Uh, she's done short films. They On IMDb, it's got her, like, her first music video is 2016. Her first short film is 2018, but... She seems to have honed it to the point that there's probably she probably had a handful of home movies that she was doing pretty well before she even started professionally directing uh, pictures. Mm -hmm. But this is her very first feature. 
And it was written by Diablo Cody, who also wrote Juno okay. and Young Adult and Tully with What's-Her-Face. Yeah, what's tall, her face? What is her name? Charlize Theron. Oh, yeah, she's tall. Yeah, that's right. Charlize Theron. Yep, heard of her. Furiosa. TJ Hoshmazode. <laughs> okay. Did you start drinking early today, Sam? <laughs> I didn't. Okay. Maybe you should. Maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, this is her first effort. And I it got back to it's made $8 million. So, basically, I think it's gotten to the point where whatever streaming video release is going to break even for it because it didn't cost anything. It doesn't seem like they're promoting it very heavily either. Very little promotion here. So the reason that I knew about this was because it showed up on my Facebook feed. Mm -hmm. And then it, um, when I would do like searches for things, it would, it kept popping up and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I thought that it was going to be on like Netflix or something. And I was getting all excited. And then I realized that it was a movie that I had to go watch in the theaters. And I was like, you two fuckers are going with me. Yeah. So a little bit yeah. of uh, social media promotion, which on Facebook is very targeted. So you're not like your your returns on your points per million is pretty good. Uh, so that doesn't mean that they're spending a shit ton of money, Jackie. That means that they're spending, spending very little, actually. Very well, they're little. targeting it's almost... it with Taylor Swift ads. Yeah. Like yeah. posts about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. That checks out. Sure. I'll go for that. Yeah. You would think that I think now they're saying we're not going to spend less than 20 million on a theatric release because we're going to spend that much marketing. Mm-hmm. So um, whereas this one, it's a focused feature, right? So when it comes back, they decide kind of they're really deciding a lot of times with these before they're done with the final cut, but when they get back the the dailies and everything, they're watching it. They're like, "Ooh, this is turning out way better than we thought it was going to." So they're kicking it up to the theater rather than releasing it wherever it would have been released streaming before that. I guess is what's happening here. But then they're not they're hedging their bets by not really putting a lot of marketing behind it either. Yes, um, good, when we good businessing, when, I think. Last week, when we're talking about this and Jackie's like, field trip and I don't veto it, one of my main rules is is that if it's a field trip movie and it's under 50%, I'm generally not going to, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm generally not going to look any farther than that. Mm-hmm. This one has shot up above. Now it's at 51% because Ooh, one person that wasn't good. playing Follow the Leader on the movie <laughs> reviews must have watched it and liked it. Because uh-huh. I'm seriously, I read through a bunch of these and they all say the same thing. And it's a real fucking head scratcher. Like, I accuse the reviews of everything in being a game of Follow the Leader um, where a lot of the people that are writing these just read what somebody else wrote and then mimics it rather than mm-hmm. watching the fucking thing. Right. Um, or it could be or Sam testing that they're out using, the pan or, or whatever. Right? They're using AI to write, to generate their movie reviews. And so AI is going out there and finding what other people have said. And it's just regurgitating itself. Wait, I, the people do just as shitty is what I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Humans are capable of the same level of garbage. Yeah, um, I was watching Charles Davis, who does football at one point. He was griping about a man talking to him on an airplane and he inadvertently described his process because I always watch this guy. and I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? 
It's like he doesn't watch the games and he's like, I was on an airplane and a man bothered me. I had to explain to him that I have to prepare to do my job and I do it on the airplane and I have to read everything that everybody else says. And I'm like, man, it's a fucking easier job than that. You fucking idiot. You just watch the fucking football game and tell them what you goddamn think. Not read what everybody else fucking says. Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, I think Roger Ebert would have liked this movie. And I don't mean like... Oh, Roger would have loved this shit. Robert, Roger Ebert, yes, he's the most famous movie reviewer of all time. He's not without air. He said that Joe versus Volcano was not good. And I will never forgive him for that. He went went back on that, though, didn't he? he? Before he died. But either way... I think he did. Good for him. Uh, Redemption song. There you go. Uh, But I think he would have fucking loved this. And then what... Everybody's just a Roger Ebert clone. How different would the reviews have looked if Roger Ebert had been said, this is a beautiful movie? I don't know. I guess they would have been in 96 and then it made a bunch of money and then they decided to put more commercials on TV. Yeah. So now instead of Roger Ebert, we get Peter Sellers from the freaking Boston Globe or whether the San Francisco Chronicle, wherever the hell he's working at. And everybody's cloning him. And that guy's an asshole. Doesn't have any fucking taste about anything that's experimental or uh, avant-garde. Not that this is avant-garde, but, you know, non-mainstream. And the mainstream stuff he fucking hates, too. So fuck that guy. Peter Travelers, not Peter Sellers. I might have said Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers. Fuck Fuck you. Peter Sellers was like, fuck my kids. (laughs) (laughs) They're not getting shit. (laughs) Okay. What else? Uh, so you guys didn't recognize Catherine Newton, the main, the principal actress? No, not really. I recognized her, but I couldn't point, I couldn't pinpoint like what she, she had been in that I had seen. She's, uh, Cassie Lang in the Marvel Universe MCU. Uh, Scott Lang's daughter. The the adult. Ant-Man daughter. Quantumania. Quantumania. Yeah. Okay. I didn't Ah. watch. Did you guys watch that? We did, but I barely remember that character being I in it at all i didn't even watch it yeah but she's that person uh fun fact she's super good at golf oh okay, okay. Cool. numerous high school championships uh she actually was going to shoot in the u.s open the women's open she was gonna that's how good she is wow you know, just fucking go to the open right mm-hmm. but she had to skip it to do Paranormal Activity 4. Oh, that's too bad. That's too golf. bad. But yeah. you got to do, if you're going to end up in end up here. this movie, yeah. right? We now a star. <laughs> um, yeah. So maybe she goes back to golf. We'll see how this one does when it gets. Uh, I mean, honestly, at 13 million, I don't know. Maybe they spent 10 million on targeted advertising. They're at a point right now that Walmart's discount bin makes it back for them, right? Oh, sure. Totally. Um, yeah. So I think that's good because I really, after watching this, my main thing was knowing that it wasn't doing that well and it's not getting a lot of push. I'm like, fuck, I really want Zelda Williams to do more shit. Way hard. Yeah. And I with uh, Diablo Cody, you already know what you're getting, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, and I think that there's a really good, a lot of the strength of this picture is its writing. But I think that there was some things added directorially that uh, I think that there was some things added by everybody. I think the actors do a good job. I think that Zelda mm-hmm. Williams did a great job directing it. Um, my mom loved it, and I was like, I don't know if you even want to go to this one because it's probably going to be. 
not up your alley. Not, and not she was what like, this we is expected. <laughs> fucking great. And so I would be willing to say, actually, Sam, that the script is the worst part of this movie. And I love the script. It's still good. Yeah. Everything I mean, the around dialogue. it is just amazing. And I I didn't know that Diablo Cody wrote it until I started reading about it earlier today. I thought that Zelda Williams did both. And I was like, oh, man, this is mostly about her dad. But it's not. It's just like this script obviously attracted to her for those reasons. And mm-hmm. that she's able to really add something to those scenes as a director because she feels all the words that are being said uh, about loss and death and things like that. But it wasn't written by her at all. So, yeah. 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 No, she did a great job. Cinematography is great. Uh it's rare when your cinematography actually like changes your mood. Like you actually are, you feel something because of a shot rather than when I, whatever I, the only time cinematography really does anything for me is like, wow, that's a really hard shot to do. Like, you know, Christopher Nolan and Dunkirk, blah, blah, blah. Like that's an achievement in filmmaking, um, you know, but like when a shot dictates the entire tone of the movie, now you're doing cinematography, baby. Yeah. And I think we have to really like also sing the praises of the art department because Zelda's not old enough to remember the 80s. Yeah. So because she's only 34. Mm-hmm. Um, the art department really did good on the 80s. This is as good as the 80s has. I haven't seen any. Everybody's wanting to do the 80s right now. Yeah. And they're missing the boat. And this thing's like, wrong here and there. I will show you what the 80s looked like. Mm-hmm. And they fucking nail it. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Oh, yeah. To the shower uh, radio mm-hmm. all the way down to that. That was oh, yeah. the triangle uh, Walkman that Carla uh-huh. Gugino had. Gugino, sorry. Um, it was the incredible. hand soap dispensers in the bathroom. I mean, like, even the little things that are in the background – I noticed and I was like, oh, my God, I knew somebody who had one of those. Yeah, it's none of the stuff that we had. We all had crap. These people have like the nice stuff. The nice shit. Yeah. Which in the 80s was crap. Which was total crap. Yeah. (laughs) The decade of disposable. Uh Um, Are we not going to talk uh, about the main guy? I will. I'm not there yet. Uh, Okay. Okay. Fine. God. Like okay, so teenager, no, Jackie. I'm not actually. You know what, Jackie? You talk about Cole Sprouse because I don't know who the fuck he is. You're the <laughs> one that watches Riverdale. Wait, is he, okay? So this is what I was telling Justin in the car. He is actually an identical twin. So one of the twins is in Riverdale, and the other one does movies. But we'll never know and which. So I was depending on you, Sam, to tell us if this was the Riverdale guy or if this is the other brother who does the movies. This says that he does Riverdale. Yeah, I think it's just one guy, Jax. (laughs) You might have gotten duped by the twins. No, no, it's his twin brother, Dylan Sprouse. Doesn't actually look that much like him. Maybe they're fraternal twins. Okay. Uh, He does more movies. You're right. But he is not in Riverdale. This is the Riverdale guy. Okay. Right. Okay, so this is um, Jughead from Riverdale. Gotcha. Oh. What the fuck is that show about? Murder. And That's So it's not about Archie no. comics? No. No. It's no. just so the So Sabrina characters. the Teenage Witch is still the most faithful adaptation of it. Yeah, of this is Archie about comics. murder and gangs in the town. And what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> Flicking the out knives. The first season is about... <laughs> 
uh, maple syrup tycoon. <laughs> and he murders his only son. And Veronica Mars helps to solve the murder. Not Veronica Mars, but okay. Oh, God, what they're putting on TV these hey, days. Hey, man, uh, actually, it sounds terrible on paper, so it's actually probably pretty good, much like this movie. So I, uh, Riverdale actually maybe, might be something maybe. I'm interested in. <laughs> sure. You, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's okay. Okay. I, I've watched, I've watched like, the first two seasons of it. I was kind of drunk when I was watching it, mind you, but... Um, you don't fall down and watch two seasons of something. <laughs> You obviously <laughs> like it enough. There's like maple yeah. syrup or something. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's who that kid is. Uh, mm-hmm. Lisa Liza Soberano is the sister. Yep, stepsister. She's a big deal in the Philippines. There's a rom com show called like Forevermore or mm-hmm. something like that. And they do like the whole celebrity royalty thing. So I think she's celebrity royalty in uh, the Philippines. I believe. Yep. Um, I read an article uh, about how that this one particular reviewer wrote the article about her and this is her American film debut and that he thought she actually stole the show. And I thought she I could I'm not going to agree, but I'm not going to disagree and say you're wrong. It's just a different take. I thought she was good. It's a they all tried to steal the show Mm -hmm. and they all succeeded. So it was like a six way tie. Yeah. Like the kid, Cole Sprouse, when he's doing his thing, I'm like, he's doing the, it's like the, the best Jeff Bridges impersonation I've ever seen. (laughs) It's a good way of putting it. It's good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. Um, the guy that plays the dad, Joe Crest, he plays Mm -hmm. dad a lot. We just saw him on this podcast playing dad because he was, uh, David Lee. Um, in the dirt. Yep. Yep. And uh, he's also the dad of uh, the kid in Stranger Things, which is like he's '80s dad, I guess. He's just dad. Yeah. Yeah. '80s dad. He is totally '80s dad. I I knew a kid whose dad looked just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess that leaves us to uh, Carlo Gugino. Gugino, I think, is how you pronounce G- it. Gugano. Gugino. Gugino. I think it's good. It would either be Gugino or Gugino. I don't know. It's Gugino. Gugino? Yeah. Uh, Either way, I thought that she did something that is extremely brave on top of everything else with her great acting, which was she just allowed that picture to show her age. She's 52 now. Mm -hmm. She looks great for 52, but Mm -hmm. she looks 52. She looks, you know, her skin is older. Uh, Obviously in great shape, but. That's got to be really hard and brave to do, I think, because especially if you're somebody like her that was a booby lady before where she had a rough go where her gigs were basically, oh, you're going to take your top off. You can be in the movie. Right. Um, Sin City being that, like, I think I didn't even know that was her because I didn't look up (laughs) head for the first three times I saw her or whatever. But, um, yeah, I thought she was great, too. And uh, it's always great. That's pretty much what I have on the making of this movie is that it costs nothing. And Zelda Williams directed it. There you go. All right. Let's get into it, guys. Uh, uh, Lisa Frankenstein currently in theaters. Uh, so who we've got here is Lisa. Her name is last name is not Frankenstein, at least at this point in time. Ooh. Swallows. Swall- yeah, Lisa Swallows. <laughs> um, 
she's a she's a nerdy girl, but like not a quirky girl. Like what's that trope that uh uh you know, Natalie Portman from uh, Garden State, you know? Oh, um, what's that called? Awkward. No, 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 no. There's a name for the trope like uh a girl you want to date who's quirky or something like that. But uh she's not like that. She's nerdy. Seems like she probably is doing okay at school, but also nobody likes her. And uh, she's got like a goth thing going. Like she's like later. She's just a wallflower on the. No, no, no. no, no. I don't mean goth in fashion. I mean goth in life. Like she goes to the cemetery and hangs out and sits underneath a statue of you know that's got a, a gothic man's yeah yeah bust on top of it. She's into goth. But she's not confident enough into herself to outwardly project the person that lives that lives inside of her. She's just kind of a a loner uh, who doesn't have a great history. She's a fan of Tim Burton, but she's not going to buy a Beetlejuice yes. poster. There you go. Right. Yep. 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 I, that's where we're at. Um, but uh, it, it was revealed that her, her mom recently, within the last two years or maybe even a year uh they were sitting around playing uh pickup sticks or something and this guy came in and murdered the shit out of her mom right in front of her and uh so now she lives with her dad her dad's new wife who was a hot lady uh and her dad's new wife's daughter who is her same age Yes, That's and a stuff. cheerleader, her polar opposite. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, polar opposite, but still super nice. Yeah. She's not a mean girl. She's a nice girl. And her fact, friends are total bitches, though. Her friends are total bitches, but Lisa's also kind of a mean girl. Like, she's just mean, like, she's solo mean girl. You she's know? damaged goods. She's damaged goods, yeah. Uh, not trying to jump ahead, but her mom gets axe murdered. And I think it was really one of the strange things about the movie is that like they're telling this story and you're like, oh, this is just some bitchy regurgitation of a telephone game of what really happened. It wasn't yeah. actually that. No, right. her mom got fucking axe murdered right in, in front of her fucking in front of her. Yeah. Like, Whoa, that's fucked up. And like her mom didn't just like ah run away uh her mom saved her life hid her and ended up sacrificing her own life in the process of yeah. doing this while she's watching her mom getting chopped from a safe location that her mom stowed her in and saved her life yeah you'll be able to escape the axe will get stuck in me and i'll have a hard time getting it out yeah yeah good luck in life i'm out um so she does she gets invited to a party uh, by her sister Taffy, and it's it's kind of a mean girl party, sort of. It, like there's, you're allowed to drink, but then you're also allowed to not drink, which I think is kind of cool. I hope that's how they're doing it nowadays. Like there's so much pressure on you when you're this age to like, yeah, get wasted, dude. But like, it's also cool to not get wasted. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, this isn't how it goes. I think there's probably a difference between being a dude and a girl, too. Yeah. And there's probably parties where if you go to a girl, really, really worse stuff is going to happen to you. Like all of the bad things. True. But the redneck parties are basically like, you never had a beer. And then you end up shotgunning four Mm -hmm. beers and waking up in a fucking bush. Yep. Knowing 
having no idea of what happened because you shotgun four beers and you never had a beer before. Yep. There's puke in your hair. Yeah. Puke in your shoe. Puke. Clutching a red squirrel. Yeah. Puke on the red squirrel. (laughs) Yeah. Squirrels fucked up. Then everybody like, yeah, it's that kid that got the squirrel all fucked up. Yeah, good job, kid. And you're like, I don't know what happened. I just woke up in a bush from being blacked out. You guys are like 30 getting teenagers drunk in the woods. What the fuck is wrong with you? That's where Justin and I grew up. Yeah, I mean, that's so fucking accurate, Sam. God damn it. <laughs> and they don't know your name because they don't remember anything other than getting you fucked up. And so they call you Squirrely because you're the kid that got the squirrel fucked up or whatever. And you live with that nickname if you ever hang out with them again. Why would you never do that again, child? Oh. Oh, man, God damn it. Okay. All right. So she's at this party. Um, she's got a crush on this guy named Mike. And Mike actually is seems like he's an okay dude. He's kind of artsy and uh, not, he's not a jock. He's an independent thinker, it seems. And he's like, hey, I'm the uh, editor of the teenage newspaper. That's a thing. And uh, I like your poetry. And so that's why I publish it is because I think it's good. And she's like, what? Holy shit. Seriously, Mike, you like what I do, and they're, they're, things are going well. But then Mike's got this friend. Unfortunately, I don't have her friend's name. Tamara. Tamara, yeah. That, that explains totally a lot. Totally checks out. Yep, that fits. Uh, highly accurate as well. Uh, she shows up, and she's like, hey, I've got this drink. You want to have a little bit, Mike? And Mike's like, yeah, I like getting twisted as much as anybody else. And uh, what about your ugly, bitchy, stupid friend here whose mom died? Well, that was a little much, Tamara, but uh, she's like, I'll drink it. So she fucking pounds the whole goddamn thing. It is not beer. <coughs> I'm assuming it's PCP. Yeah, she gets wet, apparently. First okay. time she gets screwed up and she does enough PCP to drop a bear. Yeah. And needless to say, when you do that much P- PCP, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. There's no good time with that much. So she has a real bad trip. Uh, she's f- floating around the party. She's about to hurl everywhere. This dude, Doug, uh, who's like the pipsqueak on the wrestling team, I guess. Uh, he seems like he's sober as well. Um, he shows up and he's like, hey, I'll hold your hair while you puke. It's cool. Don't worry. I'll take you and t- keep you safe. And he takes her to this back room. And then he uh, puts his hand on her boob and her hand on his Peter and says, don't leave a guy hanging, bro. And she's like out of there. Uh, so she's he's terrible at being assaulted. a rapist. Yeah, real which bad. is good. He's still a total sleazeball and should get punched in the face a lot. Yeah, I wish we had more bad rapists. Actually, I would just. How about less? Rapists? None. <laughs> None. <coughs> so she's not had a good time. She goes home and while she's still tripping, has this flashback of various things. The tombstone, the goth guy in the graveyard. There's a storm outside happening. Her mom dying and she smashes the mirror in the bathroom, shattering it. And then goes to bed, I guess. Has weird fucking dreams. We should mention, though, that she 
she is in the graveyard at some point and gives her mom's uh, rosary. Yeah, ro- <laughs> the weirdest rosary I've ever seen, uh, and puts it on the dead guy's hand and was like, "I wish I was with you." Yeah, yeah. I believe I've seen one of those hip rosaries when I was in, in alive in the eighties. There was a number of things the Catholic Church to make stuff did to make stuff cool for the kids. We're we're cool. We're fresh. We're hip. And then they do the arm cross crossing your arm thing. Yeah. What, shoots so, all the way up to the Vatican and the Vatican's like, we can save how much money? Go for it. Yeah. Let's make the Pope rap. And do a anti drug oh. message with the with the Pope. And also stop masturbating so much. The rap by the Pope. <laughs> Save those sperms for your bishop. <laughs> they did that. God damn I'm it. not letting it go. They're getting God away with it still. They did it. Yep. Well, so did the Boy Scouts of America. Yeah, but they didn't get away with 82, it. 82,000 people came forward in that yeah. lawsuit. They did not get away with it. Not the Boy Scouts. Okay. <coughs> Sorry, I'm still, man, I'm still fighting this stupid cough. I hate it. Okay, so stepmom, uh, Carla Gugina, uh, she's all pissed off about this mirror. She's like, first, uh, you came in here and you trashed my knickknack shelf at some point off screen in the theater or before the movie started. That was step one, and uh, she has a reason for it. She's like, it was an accident or whatever. And now you're breaking the mirror. You're a little, you're a little, I don't know, what she call her? Like a, char- you know, harlot? Yeah, she calls her a harlot. Yeah. It's not, you don't want to say, tell a kid she's a harlot. Actually, you don't want to tell any, well, I don't Later, know. she'll call her a whore for breaking things, because that's what yeah. whores do. Yeah. Well, harlot, whore, Jezebel, you know. Yeah. Kind of. Not somebody who breaks things. Yeah, I think I think it's safe to say that we can call uh, what's her name uh, from Colorado, Beetlejuice handjob lady. She's she's a Jezebel. I think it's safe that we can call that woman a Jezebel harlot. But teenage girl, come on, man, that's mean. Yeah, it's really mean. Teenage girls are sensitive. All teenagers are sensitive. I want to go putting labels on them, bitch. <laughs> Carla Gugina. She's a great bitch in this movie. She's oh, yeah. a great bitch. That's my point. Uh, and she threatens her with the loony bin. Like, this kid's fucked up. She needs to get out of here. All, not because she actually believes it. She just doesn't want not her daughter in the house. And I'm thinking this is how she helps the people in the bin with the same sort of treatment. Mm-hmm. She's just an awful person. Yeah. Like Nurse Ratchet's way nicer. And Nurse Ratchet's real not nice. Yeah, bad. Yeah. So um, so as mentioned before, there's there's been a big lightning storm, and on the news she sees that the cemetery that she hangs out in had been hit by lightning. <gasps> oh. Hmm. Uh so she goes to work. And, and then the, the oh. news is like, this is a fire hazard. <laughs> Well, fucking do something about it. Yeah. Clean it up. Also, it's just the woods. Also, maybe a fire hazard. Yeah. Woods every, all over. Yeah, man. California. Come down. 
California, you got to get in there with down. brooms, rakes. You got to rake up your forest floor, California. Your fire hazard. <laughs> yeah, no shit, dummy. <laughs> We're on fire every fucking year. You get a rake. You get out there. <coughs> Clean it up. Yep. Um, so she goes to work, and uh, her boss is kind of a jerk. He call- says that, oh, boy, if boys would like you more if you weren't so flat-chested. She just is like, God damn it, I hate the 80s. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, Mike comes in, he's like, Hey, Mike, charming and good looking. Want to maybe hang out later? She's like, yeah, sounds great, Mike. She goes home. Family's going out to a movie, but she's too exhausted because of her long work day and her boss telling her she's flat chested. And, uh, so she's like, Nope, I'm sniffing staying in jackets. Yeah. She's sniffing jackets. Yep. She is Mike's jacket though. I bet it smells gross. I bet it smells delicious. Probably smells like Old Spice and Emily Frost. This guy's a fucking idiot. Later in the film, we find out he's a fucking idiot. But up to this point, he's been like the super coolest guy ever. So, yeah, I bet you his jacket actually smells pretty nice, Jackie. Based on what the movie is telling us up to the point where she smells his jacket. And also, are you saying that Lisa doesn't have good taste? I mean, he's a handsome kid, but I don't know. I mean, like, I think about high school and I think about if somebody talked to me like he talks to her in this movie, I'd just look at him and go, shut the fuck up. You're such a braggity smurf. Braggity smurf. He says he compliments her. Says, I like your jig. You seem nice and cool. But he is a one-upper because every time she talks about something poetry, then he tries to take it to the next level and tries to one-upper. That's how you talk about poetry! (laughs) I'm a man, and I know more about poetry than you. That is literally how people discuss poetry. Oh, you like Dickinson? Well, you should check this out. Uh, You know, that's how... You've never... You've never... And I'm not saying I've discussed poetry, but I think I've done it a little bit more than you. Uh... I guess I'm one up at you while I'm talking about poetry, which makes it See? accurate. Yes, that makes it accurate. That is how people talk about poetry. Mm, I don't know about that. Women ask me if I like poetry and I say, what, like Beowulf? <laughs> yeah. And that's generally like the end of the conversation. Women come up to me and say, you like poetry? I'm like, what, like Shel Silverstein? Yeah. <laughs> Getting eaten by a boa constrictor. What does it mean? (laughs) It's about death, isn't it? Just as good as Dickinson. (laughs) Okay. Jackie, I'd like to throw you off this podcast. (laughs) Well, I'm going to Roberto Frost, your... A compliment yeah. there. There it is. <laughs> Poetry. <laughs> Roberto Frost. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So she's in for the night. You she's guys should poe to the poop land with your jokes. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the worst one. Yeah. Never oh, more. Yeah. I don't never. know anything about poetry. I read never. Beowulf and I was like, that sucks that he died. <laughs> it's a good one. Beowulf. <laughs> All right, so she's in for the night. She's watching Day of the Dead, and uh, she gets broken into 
the house gets smashed. There's guy monster thing in the house. He's kind of like swamp thingy. He's goopy. He's drippy and muddy and mucky. Maybe like a like a, one of those pirates from that uh, humanoids humanoids from the deep movie. He's swamp thing. He's swamp thing. He reaches up in the you know fr- grabs the kayaker lady and drags her down to the depths. That's what he looks like. He's a creature from the black lagoon of sadness okay um so she's getting chased around by him all around the house and he's he's slow you know he's pretty stiff guy um not moving real fast and and she's running around screaming she ends up on the roof and she's dangling from it and he's trying to grab at her and she falls on top of him in a uh cowgirl sexy position and she's like ah and jumps off but the ho- the sprinklers have come on so he's got a little bit less goop on him and sure. uh, she runs away uh i love the neighbors during this whole thing they're like uh, you hear that screaming yeah it's probably that weird girl across the street and she's literally getting chased by a monster in their field of view but they're just fucking assholes <laughs> they're just assholes she's so weird it's great. Um, so she finds him upstairs. Uh, he's he's less gross now, and he's he's poopy. He's he's sad. He's a sad guy because he's the guy from the graveyard, and he's like you me. She's like no no. I wish I was dead when I said I wanted to be with you. I want to be dead in the ground. You are dead in the ground. That's where I want to be. Is dead in the ground. He's like. Because uh, he loves her straight out of the grave. This is really funny because she does it in the like, I would never go out with you sort of way. Mm-hmm, That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. She's like, Oh, I was just wishing to be dead. I don't want to go out with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Don't cry. It smells like <coughs> crap when you cry. <laughs> yeah, when he cries, it stinks. It's hilarious. <laughs> She's like, Oh. oh. <laughs> She's like, You got to stop crying. But she relents to enough to like, well, we got to hide you. You can live inside my closet. So that's where he's at. Um, the family comes home and mom, stepmom freaks out because, you know, there's glass smashed. There's dirt and mud all over the house. She's had it. She has said, yeah. nope, you are getting sent to the loony bin, girl. All of her porcelain shitties have been broken. Mm hmm. That's it. That's the last straw. So Lisa goes to school and uh, she has some more flirting with Mike. Hey, it's me, Mike. Jackie doesn't like me, but, uh, you know, it seemed like I'm a, all right, not douchey sort of dude. Also, the, the monster makes her wear something that takes her outside of herself yes. before she goes to yes, school, true. which is key. Because yes, there's a sort so. of really interesting thing that happens throughout this is that he reanimates slowly mm-hmm. at the same pace that she's reanimating emotionally. And I think it works really well. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So she's she's wearing something a little gothy. It's definitely uh, everybody's looking oh, at her. This is this is the blossom hat all the way. Blossom hat, but it's black, Jackie. It's all black. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's looking at her and they're like, wow, she looks hot. And Mike's like, hey, you look hot. But also, like, you'd be into poetry. 
I'm into poetry. And then Tamara, of course, shows up again. Like, every time he's trying mm-hmm. to talk to her, Tamara is, like, right there. Yeah. Because Tamara wants to bone him, and he's like, just get the fuck away from me. And throughout he's the like, movie- He's like, we're just friends. Tamara is also slowly mirroring Lisa. Like, she's behind in Lisa's transformation, but she's trying to mimic it as well because she wants Mike atten- Mike's attention, too. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um. So meanwhile, the creature, that's the his name listed officially in the credits, the creature, um, he's uh, he, he's puked a worm out on uh, the mom's peaches, <laughs> breakfast peaches. Yeah, because she's being a bitch to his girlfriend. She's being a bitch. Ding dong. She goes to the door and he's like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> pukes a worm out on her peaches. And then she doesn't eat it. She like, ah, there's a word. She pulls it out of her mouth. And she still blames it on Lisa. Yeah. Lisa has come home from school and puked out a worm onto your few food in the 20 seconds that you were standing at the door. Or it just could be that those peaches are bad. Is that a rational person? Take that one back to the store and be like, what the fuck? Yeah. But no, Night it's crawlers that. in my cottage cheese. If I take it back to the store... They're just going to tell me it's that bitch Lisa, Sam. They will. Yeah, I'm just saving myself time because I know it's fucking Lisa. And you guys got to, somebody's got to comment on the sweet leotard that she's wearing Mm -hmm. during this scene. I mean, it is just spot on. It looks great on her. She looks fantastic. Yeah, we know why dad, like, we should talk about dad too because he's a great character. He's a total piece of shit. Um, Just the worst dad of all time. But like, yeah, my wife got murdered by an axe murderer, and so I went to the lady that I saw at the gym that looked like that, and I said, will you marry me? And she said, yes. And yeah, I don't he, care he about said, my daughter. I make this much money a year. I'm a dentist. Was he a dentist yeah, or what? So, yeah, might as well be. He's got the dentist demeanor. The dentimeanor. Um, But yeah, he's in it because she looks good in, in a leotard, and... Uh, doesn't care about his daughter anymore. He's a, he's a bastard. Um, so Lisa, she gets quartered by her when she comes home and she's yelling at her in her face in her room. But the monster opens up the creature, uh, opens up the closet door and smashes her in the head with the sewing machine. <laughs> and then immediately jumps on top of her and cuts her ear off mm-hmm. because he needs it to be able to hear this is fun too because he's been bothering her about his hand and his ear uh-huh. and then when he finally hands it to her she's like you know what I can sew <laughs> but first they take her body to the graveyard and they dump it there and then they stitch him up and she's like hello does it work and it does not work they're missing something this- was a point where I saw them outside the big hole they dug and they just kind of toss her in and wander off. And I'm like, is this going to be a sort of point where people toss this thing shade? Cause I'm already halfway. We're you know, getting close to halfway through and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this? Is that people don't like it. And um, I'm like, okay, maybe they're going to call this a plot hole for not filling that up. But later on in the movie, it's still completely open because they're shitty criminals. Mm-hmm. Right. They're fucking teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So she gets an idea because at the very beginning of the movie, 
her sister Taffy was like, we need to, you know, spice you up. You need to have a makeover to make you feel better. Let's put you in my tanning booth. Well, our tanning booth has got like a short circuit on it and will electrocute you if you turn it up too high. So ding. Okay. Wait, electrical storm. You became reanimated. I got an electrical source. Let's stick you in there and see what happens. Yeah. Sure enough, he gets zapped. The ear now works. Hawaiian Tropic. My hand. She's like, okay, I got an idea for your hand. So she goes back to school. Uh, The family thinks that Mom Gugino is on a business trip because she was leaving that day to go on a business trip. So she's traveling. There's nothing to worry about there. Um, She goes to school. She writes this note and sticks it in a locker. And the note says, meet me out at, you know, the lake or wherever the fuck the place is to meet. Yeah. Yes, sir. Will you do it? Yes. No, maybe. And comes back later and it's checked. Yes. Uh, So now she's got a hot date with whom the movie theater thinks is Mike. It is not Mike. It's fucking Dougie. Doug. The rapist. Yeah. It's a trap. And he goes out there and the monster's got an axe and he chops his hand off. And Doug's like, no. This is fucking fantastic because when they're walking to where he's about to be murdered he's like how come you won't hold my hand and then she just like kind of brushes mm. him off and then after the creature cuts his hand off she holds it up in the air like a trophy and says i told you i'd hold your hand <laughs> like she's instantly become evil yes <laughs> she's thriving oh man and so he tries to run away but then the creature throws the axe and hits him and he's dead Yep. So now they got. And I actually think that he gets two new hands out of this because his other hand was kind of like deformed. So I think. No, I think the tanning bed just gets him a little bit better every time he takes a session there. That's evidenced as when they put this hand on, he gets way less gross the next time. Like he's not goopy at all. He actually kind of looks like a person. Like he might be able to go outside and sort of fit in in society. It looks a little dead, but not bad dead. Just like you're okay dead. Not good, dead, not bad. Just okay dead. Okay. But now he can tinkle on the ivories. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And that's what he does. He goes and plays the piano and she sings, I can't fight this feeling by fucking Speedwagon. I about lost my goddamn shit. Yeah, this was fantastic. Like, this is just she karaoke's Speedwagon and does about as good as you do, which is not good. Right, right. And it's great. Except for he's good. That's what I think is so great about this is he's like doing great on the piano because he's a classically trained musician because he's from, you know, Lords and Ladies time. And she's teenage girling i can't fight this feeling it's not like they brought in a recording artist and they've got oh wow what a great scene like beauty and the beast no she's fumbling over it but also like oh god damn it's so charming i love it 
So Taffy, uh, the sister, she's starting to get a little worried about mom because it's been a few days. And so she calls the hotel where mom's supposed to be at. And she's not there. No, she's not. She's not worried about her. She comes home and she has nailed her backflip. Okay. And her mom told her that if she nailed the backflip that she could have her diamond earrings. Okay. So she wants to call mom and be like, hey, I did it. Give me those fucking earrings. Okay. Either way, she calls the hotel, finds out mom's not there. Now she's worried. Thank you. Uh, she starts freaking out. She's like, I've got a bad feeling. My mom and I are connected. I know something is ha- bad has happened to her. Um, not good. Call the cops. Everybody freak out, too, with me. This is great because she has Dale, the dad, call the police. And then anytime they ask him for a description... He can't tell her any tell him anything other than her boobs, so he has right. to give the phone back to <laughs> the daughter. Uh-huh. And then when she describes, she does such a weird description of her mom. She's poet. She's then, poetic about it. And then by the end of it, she does the like the Bob Hope one uh, or not Bob Hope, uh, Bob Newhart. It's phone conversation is happening comedically is here as well, and she just goes after describing everything she can goes to the police. Yeah, she's a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So at school, Lisa gets called into the office and uh, there's a cop there and the cop is asking her like, okay, hey, so uh, why don't you tell us about what you did two days ago or whenever the hell it was? Uh, cause we have a witness that says you went into the woods with this guy named Doug, who now is missing as well. Uh, yeah. Tamara has ratted her out. Yep. Tam- Tamara had read the note. And so she's like, yeah, it's this bitch. Cause she's trying to get rid of the competition so she can get asshole poet guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Lisa is like, oh, some goth girl went into the woods all dressed in black with Doug, and then she like looks at Tamara, and yeah. uh, what about this one? And Tamara's like, ah, and but it's like Lisa's smart enough to know that like, okay, that was enough to get me out of that office, but that's it. They are on to me. Yeah, I'm going to the electric chair. So I don't want to die a virgin. So. I'm going to go bone Mike, Mike to the creature. She says this to the creature and he's like, oh, because <laughs> he's still after talk. she lets the creature work over her being with the massager. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you can rub my back with this massager. Wait, there's something else you could do. With oh, God. That was so great, too. When she's laying on her side and she's like, you know, people put that places that aren't their back. <laughs> Oh, God, poor Lisa. I'm such a confused child. So he's like, oh, no, don't bone Mike. So she goes over to Mike's place and she finds him in bed with Taffy. Because this whole time. Taffy liked him, too, even though she knew Lisa super liked him. And that didn't matter because Mike just wanted to bone down anybody, I guess. Yeah, I think what Mike does is just beds down whoever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he uh, lets what's her Tamara perform 
sexual favors to him, but doesn't want to be like, that's it. He's like, yeah, yeah, you can go ahead and do whatever, but I'm not going to be your boyfriend. Right. And then she does. Yeah. He's a douche. Yeah. It turns out he's a douche. But told you. But not Doug douche. Just he's just a douche. That. But we should mention that uh, Frankenstein guy has seen Taffy's car parked outside of uh, Poet's house. And so mm-hmm. he's like, oh, and he gets his axe and he runs in there to save her. And he, and he chops the dude's wiener off. In slow motion. Yeah, blood splatters on the face. This whole sequence is fucking great. And it stays in slow motion until he's about to kill Taffy. And then it's like a record scratch almost in terms of um, abrasiveness when the film goes back to reality. Where she's like, no, don't kill my sister. Mm-hmm. You're like, man, that's really good. That really worked well. It does, because up to that point, they have the pair of them have been on a Bonnie and Clyde murder rampage that they've both enjoyed together. Like mm-hmm. fun. This is fun for you and I. This is our this is our informal dating is murdering people. So but now you can't kill my sister. Up until that point, like we're on the same journey with them until that happens. And it's like, oh yeah, reality. These guys are murderers. Yeah. Um, so they run out of there. The whole time, you know that he's grabbed onto the willy and taken it with him, and he's uh, got it in his pocket. Yeah, they they go to the graveyard, and there's a cop there, and they're like, "Hey, cop!" Or the cop's like, "Hey, you guys aren't supposed to be in here." And he's like, "Ah!" Picks up the cop, chucks her in a grave. I'm assuming she's dead. No, she's just like, "Ow!" I think you can even hear her go like, "Oh, my keys." But they just split because it's like, that'll buy us enough time that she's down there. Because it's probably difficult to get out as well. Of a grave? Yeah. Not easy. Yeah. She's probably well, she's like, make love to me right here. And then he grabs her hand and it is revealed that he has no wiener. Yep. It's brought it off. So time to stitch this one on. Ha <laughs> ha. And uh, it works. And they bone down. And the cops... They are closing in on Lisa. She can hear the sirens. So she has the creature take her over to the tanning bed and crank it up to maximum and lights her ass on fire and she's dead. Yep. All are sad and they mourn her and think she's gone. But really, the creature has revived her and together they're going to heal up. He's all good now. He's like 100% a guy again. And because mm-hmm. I guess like he was also like, OK, well, I'll get in the tanning booth with you when you revive. And that's my last trip. So now they just need body parts for her after her eyeballs got burned away and stuff. So they're going to keep looks murdering like she's, people. She's on the mend, I guess. It's unclear if as if what they're going to do with themselves here. It's just like, OK, they're Live together the in undeadness. So yeah. love. No taxes, um, I also, no social security. Notice- uh, I guess if they're undead, they don't need food or shelter or anything like that. They're yeah. good, man. That's living the dream, buddy. Did you also notice the suspenders? No, I did not. What he, suspenders? He was wearing the Mork and Mindy suspenders. Oh, as like a shout out oh, to yeah, the old man. Oh, yeah, he was. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Yeah. And so we should also mention that the dad 
and Taffy have went to the graveyard and they gave some flowers to Lisa's grave. Mm-hmm. And when Taffy bends down to go put them on the gravestone, somebody has written on the gravestone, beloved wife. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I guess they got married while she was dead. I don't know. Uh, and that's the that's the movie. And, and then after visiting the graves, this guy, I don't even know this guy. The dad is so douchey. Because he's like, yeah, they're both dead. Fuddruckers? <laughs> she just kind of looks at him like, God damn it, you suck. It's a good thing I'm 18. I'm moving out. Um, yeah. Okay. We should also mention the music in this movie. It's excellent. Like, uh, Excellent. I don't like and- to pray, overpraise a movie for being a really good jukebox, but like when you do it right, it fucking works. Like Echo and the Buddyman's on here. Uh, Pixies. Um, who else? Not Till Tuesday. Uh, Jesus Mary Chain. I caught quite a yeah. just songs you know. I liked also the discussion they had in the dialogue about the cure, where she's like, "It's the cure." Well, it's not going to fix that. It'll just like cure you emotionally, <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, that's a really good way of describing that. Nice. Cure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, good soundtrack. So, okay, questions. Do you well, think they can, can upgrade his wiener later? No, it, that would be imply that he would have to chop it off again, Jackie. I'm assuming Mike had a pretty good dinger because uh, flew he through acts the like air. A big dinger guy. It looks like a big dick. So I think he's all right. I think he's comfortable in the size of his man sausage. Okay, all, right. all of us should be. It's very important for all of us to be comfortable. In your man sausage, you don't need to go and start a fucking war or overthrow the fucking government because you got a tiny cock or or get a big truck with burns coal. Just be good with your make it work. OK. Do right, you think Sam, that she gets you know. bigger boobs? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, Sam, how are you uh, dealing with your small wiener status? <laughs> I, I drive a Saturn, so that might speak volumes. I don't comfortable, know. comfortable man. <laughs> OK. All right, what what were we seeing? <laughs> Who's next? So, I mean, the first one, is it bad? Uh, well, no, certainly not. Um, is it for everyone? Certainly not. Certainly not, but I don't... I guess I'll just go into the the reviews, and my big question was, after reading through all of it and why I'm like, okay, they're just playing follow the leader on this one, is that half of them used the a different phrasing or exactly the similar same phrasing as it never realizes it it's unrealized potential it never lives up to its potential I'm like what? how what the did fuck? they not accomplish everything they set out to do yeah that's where I was like oh, you didn't watch it if you said that yeah yeah no, I agree it met the expectation and then pushed it to the next level for eighties genre movies right because we've watched a lot of 80s movies we grew up in the Mm -hmm. 80s and just when you think like oh man this is like they're doing it this is so like the 80s that we watched growing up and then they just push it just a little further and you just laugh your fucking ass off but it's not like when she's holding that guy's hand up in the air yeah Yeah. but it's not an homage movie jackie you don't want to make it sound like it's not it's not an homage it is a period piece it is not an homage to the 80s. It is yeah. a period piece. Uh, and 
and it wouldn't have fit in any other decade. The The story itself would not fit in, a, in any other decade unless it was in American, you know, not American Gothic. That's a fucking painting. Uh, uh, Victorian age. If it had taken place in the Victorian age, all uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, that would have worked. But then the dead guy would have had to have been from 200 years before that. And what's that? The Stone Age? I don't know. Uh, fucking Shakespeare time. It, it's just, no, this is the decade that it this particular tale has to exist in it's not an homage and living up to its potential what the fuck are you talking about dude yeah what what did they miss what like oh here's a we didn't mention one missed opportunity no for what they were doing the entire time because they didn't miss any of the opportunities they nailed it and i want to remind everybody where we were exactly a year ago and you guys may still disagree with me on this but a year ago we were doing a field trip on cocaine bear which i think is a cavalcade of missed opportunities. It yeah. is a very tame movie that is called Cocaine Bear. This is called Lisa Frankenstein, and I am going to tell say that it's it has not just because of the title and the source material, the the material itself, but like there's a tinge of Frankenhooker in here. Like it's a weird movie that I think that they just didn't get Sam, and the way that they could say I didn't get it without being assholes because you have to get it even if you don't like it you have to get it yeah. is, when you're a film reviewer you have to get it is well it didn't live up to its potential that it's just their cop out of saying yeah i didn't get it didn't I'm a soulless get it. bastard <laughs> or didn't watch it or didn't and somebody watch else it. said that and you just yeah. mailed it in this week um i mean i wouldn't be upset if this had like a 70 yeah. Or even a high 60s because mm-hmm. it isn't for everyone. It's not for everyone. But sub 50, go fuck yourself. This is a niche 40, film for sure. 47 on Metacritic. Mm. So when I that means looked this half up, of the reviewers, see- over half didn't like it. I'm like, what the? F- That's insane. So I will say when I picked this movie last week, it had a 4.7 on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm hmm. And by the time we went to go watch it, it was at a 6.6. Yeah. And the uh, the IMDb-ers, they are at about a 6, whereas the Letterboxers are at about a 7. So, the, I mean, that's – if the if you get the Letterboxed crowd, because those are people who were, are reviewing movies because they watch a shit ton of fucking movies – that's where you want to be. And a seven, I think, is, you know, still low. But, hey, that's you've at least got I would the letterboxers. This to have an eight on letterbox. Yeah, and it's still eight. got a 51 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, does It is flirting with seven on IMDb finally. But um, it's. Yeah. Audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Eighty two percent. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a movie that that a lo- it, it's not for everyone because. A lot of people aren't going to get it. It is weird. It's very unique. And you have to be comfortable with this. I don't want to say genre, but just this tone of film. And you either are going to get it or you don't. But you fucking if you're a film reviewer, you better be getting every single one that you're reviewing. You don't have to like it, but you better fucking get it. And I bet you they didn't get it. Yeah. So any other questions? Uh Oh, that was my big one. Jackie. Do you think that this will eventually become a cult classic? 100%. 
There yeah, is, absolutely. The, I mean, I, thank you for asking this, Jackie, because I didn't want to talk about this. When Sam was talking about the returns, fuck it. Didn't make, doesn't matter if it made zero dollars in the theaters. This thing is going to be making money for the next 50 years. I mean, absolutely, abso this is a cult classic, Jackie. Yeah, yeah and- uh, when this one comes to video, we are going to buy this. Okay. That's how much I liked this one. Yeah, it's it's the, it, you, it's going to be so under the radar in 15 years when you break this out at a movie viewing party and be like, did you guys ever see this? No, I don't even know what the fuck that is. And then everybody at the end of it is like, what the fuck, man? What the yeah. fuck? Had I seen this when I was 16, it would have spoke to me at a, a very core level, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, that, and that's another point, Sam. Like, I'm not saying that a romance between a monster and a misguided teenage girl is the same by any means. But, like, think of the tone of movies like Army of Darkness, which is what you were watching at the same point in time. Or uh, Bill and Ted's. Just this, like like light but not like the jokes are light but the what the film is saying itself is not that light it's actually talking about each one of us individually we are nerds and we should not just be okay with that but revel in it even you steve with your cool hair and you're wearing a letterman's jacket and you got a camaro you are also a nerd Stop trying to be something that you're not and picking on the other kid that's a nerd. You're you're both nerds. Just be that. And and that like this that's the tone I guess of the movie is It's okay to be a dork and like you it's cool. I guess. Yeah, I and in terms of a love story, I actually cuz I didn't like The Shape of Water all that much. I also I think- thought of The Shape of Water. This does, in terms of a love story, it's does. I think it does the same thing, only better that The Shape of Water did. I, you so. know, there's so many like tones that I thought of a lot of movies while watching this. Like, there's a little bit of this, and there's a little bit of that, and it all kind of does it maybe better, but different. And I, it's just, it's a, it's a fantastic freaking movie. I had, I, I told Jackie. I don't just like this movie. I'm not going to say that I love it. I adore it. I adore it yeah. because it is the thing that should not be. It is an abomination. It should have never been in theaters. Go to a man in a tie and say, this is what I want to make. And they're going to be like, no, we're not going to put that in theaters. Here's $10 million and you're going to sell it to Netflix or Amazon or whatever. Uh, yeah. But they put it in theaters with like no listers. In it at all. Nobody who knows who Carlo Gugino is. Uh, and she's the most famous person in this movie. Yeah. She was in Sin City and Rampage. Okay. <laughs> and they <laughs> still put it in theaters. It's yeah. amazing. This doesn't exist anymore. No. It's baffling. Instead, fucking Madam Web. That's what exists. Let's make another Marvel movie about the character that nobody's going to give a shit about with terrible actresses. It's got that bug-eyed girl from last week in it. Yeah, that's what they've... Bug-eyed girl. The shit that they put in theaters. They put $50 million behind that garbage. 
But this, they don't put this in theaters, no. and they did, and it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm glad that but they I'm did. I'm glad that they did. Yeah, me too. The world would be a better place if all of the movies that they put in theaters were quirky, weird little movies made for individual people so that they can get it and be like, yes, that movie got me and I got it. But no, it's not how it works anymore. So uh, clearly for me, it's a do. What about the caveat is that should our listeners go to the theater to see this? 100%. I, yeah. Again, because of the cult classic, your window is short on this mm -hmm. it's not going to be in the theater for long but again in 15 years when you bust this out into a group of people and say ha you're gonna be able to say yeah i saw that in the theaters nutsacks bam mm -hmm. do it go to the theater it's a fun nobody's gonna be there this is one of those no. movies where you got the whole goddamn theater to yourself go on a tuesday it's five dollars bunch of popcorn tell jokes with your friend there was only one other person in the theater when we went. Us too. It was a chubby lady with dark hair and glasses, and you could hear her loving it from two rows behind us. Yep. She loved it so much. Uh, and yeah, you there went was on a another middle-aged. Yeah, there was another middle-aged couple uh, in the same row as us, and that it was just the four of us in the theater. Yeah, yeah. This is this is definitely one you want to go to. It's a great cinematic experience. Plus, you know the side benefits of you can fart. <laughs> Yep, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> Popcorn farts. <laughs> no, I am 100% do it. Go see it in the theater and then review this thing. Um, you know, if you liked it, give it some scoring. It deserves better than what it's getting on IDMB and ID IMDB. IDMB. Letterboxd, whatever. I mean, it's to me, this is a five-star out of five-star movie. I absolutely loved it. I want to buy it when it comes out. I just had such a good time with it. And, you know, it. when Justin first told me that it was over two hours long, I thought, oh, fuck. This it's was over two hours. two hours? No, it's not. It's, I thought it was like two hours long. Uh, hour and 40. Oh, hour 40. Okay. I But it moved at such a good clip that it didn't. I mean, there's not a dull moment in there's this not, movie. No. You don't want to no. go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So if you have a problem with drinking pop at a theater and having to leave <laughs> halfway through the movie, don't do that. Because you don't want to miss the the next thing coming up. It just moves so quickly and okay, the jokes here, are, are good. Here's how we're going to tell people to do this. First time you go to the theater, don't get a soda because of your tiny bladder. Second time you go to this and see it at the theater, go soda crazy, man. But go twice. Soda crazy. <laughs> you got to go twice. Get that <laughs> soda on the second round. <laughs> Go to see it at the theater two times. Two times. You can have a good time. Uh, and, you know, actually, since nobody's going to be there, you can just piss your pants. Just piss your Ooh. pants at the theater. <laughs> Gross, dude. Hey, it's a good movie. And you got soda bladder. I had soda bladder because I thought, I'm going to drink this soda. I was super thirsty. And I was like, nope. I don't care if I just tinkle a little bit in my underwear. I am not leaving this theater. <laughs> See you, Mr. And Pants. then when we got done, I just shoved my cup at Justin and was like, I'll be right back. <laughs> I ran to the bathroom. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, yeah, do it. Um, next week on the show is my pick. Uh, what the hell did I have lined up from last week? Oh, oh, it's time. Since year one, we've been wanting, chasing around this goddamn thing. Ten years later, we're finally doing it. Dustin Hoffman, Warren Beatty, fucking Ishtar, baby. Go. Oh, Ishtar. Baby.
Ishtar next week on the show. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, guys, have a great week. Get to the chopper.